Welcome everybody to the Sotapana podcast. Today I am extremely excited to introduce to everyone Adrian Moreno. Adrian is a social entrepreneur whose focus is on suicide prevention in children. Um, and we'll get into that. Adrian, how are you doing today, brother? Man, I woke up from a nap, so I'm doing absolutely wonderful. And my headache is gone. So I'm having a freaking awesome day so far. That is amazing. You know, yeah. I like to just kind of dive right into the meat of it. And, you know, Adrian, you've picked up a pretty heavy subject. You want to help reduce childhood suicide to zero by 2072. Um, you know, what, like, how did you get into this? Like, what made it motivated yeah. you? Yeah, very interesting story because it's not your typical... Like, um, I grew up my whole life wanting to help people with, you know, mental health. It's not that I, I've never lost anybody personally to like suicide. So it was nothing in that space. It actually all started with weight loss, believe it or not. Um, so in yeah. winter of 2014, and I'm not going to go year by year, but I want to give you enough context here. Yeah. In winter of 2014, I went through a heartbreak and this mm. was what we call a high school heartbreak. So the one where your whole world comes crumbling down, mm. right? Mm. Or at least I thought that my world was crumbling down. So I felt like it was and I acted like it was. Mm. And then I went on a four year time stretch and I gained 100 pounds in four years wow. right after that breakup so you can imagine mm. stacking on that much weight um and just for context like what what's your height what's your weight around i'm five seven so oh, i got wow. up to 250 right now i'm Jeez. one right now i'm just over 150 so i'm like around 160 so i was 100 literally 100 pounds heavier at, at five seven you know 250 shows yeah and um you know and Definitely. it got to a point where I ended up losing my job and for about three years I was unemployed. I had like six months I was living off of unemployment checks and then when that stopped I just started selling weed and that was like my way of making income for a while. Mm -hmm. So it was a different form of entrepreneurship but it was now I look back on it I was still yeah, an entrepreneur. Still entrepreneurship own, right? absolutely. Um, and then and then I ended up one day I called my good friend, one of my best friends over at the time. I haven't talked to him in a while, but he was my best friend. And I called him up mm -hmm. and I was like, hey, man, um, I'm smoking some weed. Like, if you want to come, like, come smoke some weed with me, like, just chill at the house for a little bit. He was like, sure, cool. So he shows up to the house. I come outside without a shirt. And then he just says, damn, Adrian, you got really fat. And he just, like, called me out. Um, he said it a bit more aggressive in that of course mm -hmm. and when he called me out it hurt for the first mm -hmm. time i knew i was gaining weight but for some reason it's not what he said but i don't know if it was the way he said it. i was just ready to actually feel it but it stunk yeah yeah like actually like ouch yeah. and so we went and we were having a conversation and i decided that day you know what i'm about to just get up and lose weight because i'm not doing anything else so might as well start working out right nice and so i woke up there the next go. morning and um i lost 91 pounds nine months later so i woke up the next morning and i just went full out mm -hmm. and i ended up losing 91 pounds but something happens when you lose that amount of weight um yeah. also you know, like 93% of people who, who lose weight, I mean, 97% who lose weight, they gain it back. Mm -hmm. I realized the reason why I never gained it back was because I didn't just lose 91 pounds. I lost a person who gained it. Yeah, that's so word, big. If you look at the word person, what it means is it comes from the word persona, which means the false mask. It's a way of seeing yourself. So I had a way of seeing myself back then. And I was as an unhealthy, fat, lazy slob. And then on September 20th, 2017, when I made a decision to lose weight, I made a decision to change the way I saw myself. That's why everything else happened for me. Because after I lost the 91 pounds, um, I started fitness coaching because you typically want to start helping people solve the problems you solve yourself when you become an entrepreneur. So I started helping people get in shape. And this is where it leads to the child suicide. So I'm helping all of these people get in shape. And I do over like, and you know, just to show like how quick it took off. I started my business uh, in October, 2018. And then in my first 14 months, I did half a million dollars in revenue. And it was like, from somebody who sold weed before, it was like, what the hell? Like, this is like a real like life that you can create for yourself. So I'm like at a whole new point in my life to where 
my mind is just like a completely on a completely different way than where mm. I was prior. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm very like open to just um, doing hard things at this point in my life. Mm. I like because when I lost 91 pounds, the biggest lesson I learned is that I'm really good at doing hard things and I'm really good at doing them over and over again. So mm. I was like, okay, how can I apply that to everywhere in my life? And then one day I was, I was experiencing something funny. I mean, you were talking about this before, you know, where I was charging high ticket for people to work with me uh, for fitness, $5,000. Somebody would pay me $5,000 and change their life and have another person pay me $5,000 and nothing. Just, yeah. Nothing. They just dropped the ball. Right. And then me, instead of getting angry, I just become very curious. And I'm mm -hmm. like, well, why is this person doing this and this person not? You can say they're motivated. They want it more. They have a why. And I'm like, no, I didn't even have a why when I lost weight. So I never mm -hmm. bought that. I was like, I just don't want to feel like crap anymore. That was my why. Mm -hmm. And um, and then uh, instead of like, you know, instead of like staying really surface level, one day a thought hit me where I was like, What's actually going on in their psyche? Like what's actually happening in their brain, whether it's their physical brain or whether it's that intangible energy, what is happening in their brain and their mind that's causing them to take action? And that's causing this person to take the other action, right? They're still taking yeah, action, but it's just the other way. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, what is, in other words, why do human beings do what they do? Because I figured if I can learn why humans do what they do, then I can manufacture a process that gets me a hundred percent success rate. Like my mind was just like, if I can, I can help all these people lose weight. And that was like my main motivator. Yeah. And so I started just the very, I do YouTube one word and that was neuroscience. Mm. And then for like a full year, I'm learning all about neurons, neural pathways. And I I fell in love with the idea of you can't create new neurons in your brain okay the mm -hmm. amount of neurons you have that's what you're stuck with but what you can mm -hmm. do is you can reorganize those neurons okay and you can make brand new connections which means you can literally create you can manufacture a new way of being got it so there must have been like something about the people who are getting the results the way their neurons were structured so that they would actually do the thing, whereas the people who were not getting the results or they didn't want to do the work, maybe there was something about the way their neurons were structured. So I'm going to ask you, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah, so this is exactly what it is. So once I learned about, you know, the way that the brain worked, I started thinking, okay, how can I change the brain? So I immediately look into cognitive behavior therapy um, but as I'm like looking into it, I just noticed it has a very low success rate. And I started mm. looking at all these other therapies and they all have very low success rates. And then there was this one therapy at a 93% success rate. I was like, okay, that's a big promise. Um, what's yeah. this about? And then I'm reading all these articles and I found out I'm reading about hypnosis and I was like, oh snap, this is, I'm like hypnosis. I'm like, I only, I've only ever heard of like the funny kind of hypnosis yeah. or like quack like a duck on stage. I've never <laughs> heard of this. And so I just get really intrigued with that. And I order all these books on hypnosis. I ended up signing up for this course by Marissa Peer to become a certified, um, you know, RTT. Yeah. RTT. Exactly. And so I started, so that was one of the modalities I learned in practice along with a couple of others. And this is where it gets down to why was somebody getting getting in shape and why was somebody not mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when i learned these processes i started telling my clients like all right guys i know how to do this stuff so i'm looking for like a couple of guinea pig clients who want to give this thing a shot and want to see if i can help them um whoever's having some trouble get results so i had this one client who he was no matter what he, he was he was pretty good on the diet part which is mm -hmm. the part that really matters right but he had a real big desire to exercise, but he constantly got, he constantly just came home and was like, oh, I'm just not going to do it. So fighting it. He was like, I want to exercise, but like mm. my emotions keep pulling me away from it or something. And so I'm like, okay. Right. And this is like people, they logically want something, but emotionally it's like, they actually don't. Right. Um, this happens all the time. And so with his case, so what I do is when I work with the client, 
I get their brain and I slow it down. From right now, me and you are in beta. Unless I'm boring the crap out of you, you're probably in alpha. Or when you're in beta, it's like your waking state. Mm-hmm. And then below that is what we have alpha. When I just took me a little nap right now, I was definitely in alpha. alpha. And like you dip into alpha. Below alpha starts getting a little bit slower, and that's where. And below alpha, that's where you have theta. Mm. Now theta is a very interesting brainwave because when you're in theta, the doorway in between your conscious and unconscious swings wide open. It doesn't mm. even exist at that point. You can communicate direct. It's like you're consciously in your unconscious. If that makes sense, it's an interesting space to be. Yeah, you know, in meditation, I think that's a lot of the time what we're going you for. You spend a lot of time in theta. And so in meditation, uh, you spend a lot of time in alpha. It's depending on how deep you can get or how long you sit, you can get into theta. Mm. But I'll give you a trick to get into theta super cool, like 60 seconds a day. But because um, there's a really quick trick you can do. But anyways, I get down, get them into theta. Now, when you're in theta, you also release a glutam- glutamine. Glutamine. Glutam- uh, yeah. You release this you release this chemical that makes it easy. It basically, it basically creates an environment for change in your brain. Mm. What it does when it releases, it allows the, the neuroplasticity to like be plastic. Yeah. This is where like, everything kind of just melts relaxes. away. Yeah. And just starts to change things. Right. And so I get them into theta by using this, this process. I'll show you really quick. And the listeners, I get them, I get them into theta. Now, when you're in theta, you can communicate, Hey, you're doing this right now. I'm going to count from five down to one, and I want you to give me a picture, and I want you to show me why you're doing this. Because the way that the mind communicates, the mind communicates through images. All of us, are human behavior is driven by images. Yeah. And think about, like, the things that you eat. You only eat things that seem right in your mind. That's so if you're true. A ve- if you're a vegan and you think of beef, all you think of is, like, freaking cows being killed and you're not going to want to eat meat right so it's like images are what drive the behavior and so in this case and so the way that when i do work with people the way that the images come up is through memories mm-hmm. okay well, a memory will come up because a memory is coming up not because the memory itself is what's like fucking you up but it's because the memory itself contains the root in there and mm-hmm. the mind is just using that memory to shine light on your current belief systems because you only view the past through the eyes of your current beliefs right so, right I, I, so can we you know adrian i'd go love ahead, to go pause ahead, this is perfect, this is perfect. I, yeah. i'd love to pause on that for a second i think you made a really 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 important point that we only see not reality we only see our our internal ideas. belief system our ideas Exactly. Um, You know, I want to ask you about that. Like, what have you found to be, uh, you know, the biggest belief systems that are holding us back from success? Easy, easy. I'm not enough. First one comes up more than you can. If you put 10 people in front of me for a session, because I still do these sessions today, although I'm running two, I'm still doing these today. But if you put 10 people in front of me, about nine or eight are going to come up with that belief when I'm mm. working with them. So I'm not enough. The next one is I'm not worthy. It's, 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 it can be the same. I'm not worthy or I'm not wanted. Mm. I'm not worthy, love, or wanted. Um, the third one is I'm too different. I'm too different or I don't belong. Those are kind of like the same things. Mm-hmm. The next one is I'm not safe to be myself. Like if I be myself, I get punished. Whether somebody got punished for crying growing up now they fear being themselves mm. that's a big one and then the next one is something i want is not available to me or i don't deserve what i want these are the most common beliefs that i have seen through working like every single time these are going to come up for some aspect of this belief like i'm stupid it's just another way of saying you're not good enough uh, right mm. whenever you say whenever you say um i'm scared or whenever you say something like, I can't do this, it's another way of saying I'm not good enough or I am not worthy. When you say I'm not, whenever you say something like, well, it mm-hmm. happens for other people, but not for me, that's you saying you, mm-hmm. they, you don't deserve it or there's something wrong with you, which is another very common one. Is there something wrong with you? Like growing up, I always believed there was something wrong with me. Now the like, question oh. is, okay, we know our five most sabotaging beliefs. 
how do we start to shift those? How do we start to go from I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm stupid, whatever, people don't want me into, mm-hmm. okay, like I see the world in a whole new way. I see the opportunities. I see like boom, 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 boom. How do we start okay. to shift into that? Well, most people know how. And when I say they know how, they know the whole affirmation game, the whole visualization game. But the problem is that they're not making space for those things to work. Mm. Affirmations and visualization are like scientific approaches to changing your way of seeing yourself and changing neurons. They work. But why do people not get results with them if you're not creating the space? And this Mm. is what I mean by creating the space. To go back to that story I was sharing, great, because it answers both questions now. So um, my client, so first I'm going to demonstrate how I help somebody get through it. And I'm going to walk through the mechanics of what I did so they can do it themselves. How does that sound? Please, please. Okay. So with this client who was not exercising, took him back to a memory. It was him sitting on a couch, 10 years old, sitting on a couch, looking at a television. And he and I was just like, how do you feel right now? He goes, I'm just really, really sad. I'm like, why are you sad? He said, because this is our first week in this new house. And all of my friends are like, they're not in town anymore because we moved way out of here. And we're like, we just have like, we're like on three acres. There's nobody around us. For a little kid, that's sad, right? You want to hang yeah. out with your friends. And I was like, so, so none of your friends are around? He was like, no. I was like, and what are you making this moment mean? Because hmm. that right there is the key question. All of us are seeing events happen all the time. The events do not create your experience of life. Your meaning that you add to events create your experience of life. And so in this moment, I said, what are you making this mean? He said, that playtime is over. Oh, playtime is over. And I said, huh, what's one of the things? And I was was like, huh. And Hmm. would you say that moving your body is a form of play? He said, yeah, it's a form of play. I said, so you're 53 years old today and you, you struggle to exercise. Maybe it's because you see no point in doing it because playtime is over, huh? Mm. And he was like, light bulb moment. It's so cool when I see people get it because when they get it, they're like, oh my God, that's the root cause. That's it. We're like, all right, cool. Now this is how we change it. So I created something called neuro remapping. It's literally remapping neurons. And so in that moment, the best thing, about, and I already know, I already know you get this a lot, but future in the past is they're just ideas hmm. um and you can own a future is just an anticipation about the future a memory the past is just memories of the past but you can only anticipate now and you can only remember now and so everything exists now it's all here and now we know that it's not like crazy it's not a crazy idea um but another thing that people don't ever think to consider is that your past is plastic and so uh, your I love so that. Your, fu- your future is plastic. You're right. You already know you can plan for your future. You can pick this or that. That's not that new of an idea. Like I can choose to go downstairs. I can choose to end this zoom. Like so many different things. And I just, just to give the listeners a context, what does it mean that your past is plastic? Well, if you look at what past is, past is memory. Past is literally your memory that has been recorded in your neurons. So it changes. Right. Our memory yes, not actually changes. So when yeah, like Adrian is saying it's plastic, it's like you can actually change your past by changing yes. the neurons in your brain. And you can yes, see you that can past event past. in a completely different way. So go ahead, Adrian. I'd like to No, that's it. What you just said, seeing the past in a completely different way. So there's two things. There's one is you can reframe your perspective on a node event. And so for me, growing up, I when I was five years old, I, I asked for more juice because I was thirsty, but I was speech impediment. I still have a speech impediment, but, but back then it was horrible. And it came out sounding like I'm thirsty. And so that made me believe, and a bunch of kids laughed at me because of the way that I said that. So in my mind, I was like, oh, there's something wrong with me because the way that I talk. Mm. I turned that around by looking at that moment and said, actually... Nothing's wrong with me. I'm just so goddamn unique that the universe had to give me a lisp and make me sound funny when I say my R's because you can't forget about me when I speak now. Ah. I'm the speaker with the lisp. Out of every speaker that speaks at a a conference, I'm the one speaker with Mm. the lisp and I can't say my R's correctly. So you're damn damn sure never going to forget me. That completely changed my life. 
that reframe, right? Now, in this case with my client, what you can do with the past as well is you can actually just create a complete, you can choose a different event because Mm. there is more, there is, and there's another concept that's not brand new, but more, uh, infinite universe is existing. Like, look at the string theory. They, there are, there, if you look into modern physics today, there is so much evidence that points to the fact that there's multiple realities taking place at one time. Mm, yeah. So what I did in this moment with my client, whenever I have my client in these trances, I say, hey, there's multiple events you can pick from. I want you to choose something that you wish would have happened. Just act like it happened now. What we need to do is give your brain and your body a completely new experience. Because if you do that, it will change your neurons. And so in this case with my client, I said, I want you to imagine all of your friends are outside. And I want you to imagine that they're actually holding your bike and they're Mm. waiting for you. I was like, I want you to imagine they're waiting for you to come outside and play with them. And for 15 minutes, I had a 50-something-year-old man Big old smile on his face, holly jolly. And I was asking him, like, why are you so happy? What are you doing? He kept saying, I'm playing with Chet. I'm playing with Zach. He started naming all of his friends that he hasn't named in forever. Wow. I let him enjoy that for 15 minutes, literally create an experience in their mind and in their body that convinces them it happened. And today he's lost over 40 something pounds I've helped. And so like, that is why people do something or don't do something. They have a belief that either gives them the emotional impetus to go do it, or they have a belief that gives them the emotional impetus to not do it. Mm. Like I had a client who was not writing his book. We were trying to figure out why you weren't writing his book. So I took him through the same process I just talked about. He went to a moment where he tried to speak up in front of his cousins and somebody told him to shut up. And so Mm. in that moment, he tells himself, well, I guess my voice doesn't matter. And so no wonder why at age 38, you wouldn't put a book out there because goddamn, that's putting your voice out there. Why would you do that? If you feel like your voice doesn't matter, there is no point. And so that is the only reason to answer your very first question. And like, why is somebody getting results and somebody's not? The only it can like there's many different variants of it, but the ultimate conclusion, the ultimate reason is it simply comes down to the fact that you have a belief about yourself and this belief beliefs are I want I want people to look at beliefs differently from this point on beliefs are like calories. Mm. A calorie is a unit of energy, right? Mm -hmm. And just like calories build your body. In the same exact way, beliefs are electromagnetic units of energy that can literally be picked up. You can, when you think a thought, an EEG machine can pick it up. Right. So clearly they're tangible. They are electromagnetic units of energy. When you focus on that idea, ideas are strongly charged. A belief is a strongly charged idea. Right. You hold it to be true. Yep. So if you focus on a belief or you focus on an idea, what happens to that unit of energy if it charges up and sends a wave of energy through your body yep. mm-hmm. that, it, that you experience as an emotion. Yep. And then that emotion leaves your physical body and it reorganizes physical atoms around you to make that belief literally turn your physical environment into a actual experience. Yeah, we can and even simplify it and say the belief is the code. It's like the script. And the emotions and all the energy is what activates that script. So the belief and the energy is what translates into action. Now, it's like you might have all the energy, but if you don't have the right programming, then, well, you're just going to make a bunch of the same stuff. Your actions... It, your actions are going to be misactions. They're going to go the like, like, like I said, your behaviors are beliefs in action, right? Yep. Like your behavior is you acting out your belief system. So if you're undercharging for your services, right? If you're not asking for the payment when the payments due, if you're not making the post, if you're not doing like, what, what do you believe? Maybe you believe that you're not good enough. Right? Yeah. So and it's, it's like, you know, I want to add, it's often a very subtle, not even recognized consciously belief. You might think, oh, I'm not making sales because I don't know the right script, but maybe really in your subconscious, in your voice, you don't believe that you can get this person the result or you don't believe that you're worth that much money. And so you're actually taking yourself out of that buying, you know, that buying frame or that selling frame. 
because you don't energies. even believe in that thing. Exactly. And the people can feel that like somebody who's on the other end, like they can, even if you have a great product, they can feel the lack of certainty in yourself and that's going to take away their certainty in your product and your service. Right. And so it goes, it stretches in every single area of your life. Now, how do you change these beliefs? Because I want to get to like, how do how can your audience actually do this now? So now you're going to see how I do it with my clients. I literally get them to just relive. Well, first you got to get to the actual root cause and then change it. Now, again, I have them relive it. Now, the root cause, I want to make sure this is very distinct. The root cause is not an event, okay. not something that happened in the past. The root, I, I can do this work without going to events. Mm, okay. The root, I use the events because the events highlight current beliefs. Got it. The root cause is not an event. The root cause is an idea. It is a belief in your in your mind and in your body. Now, here's how you can start. Here's some practical things you can do to literally start changing them right now. First step, most people don't ever do this one because it sounds so simple. And they're like, oh, it's not worth it. <laughs> Pay attention when you say things like it's not worth it. What's what's it? Mm. What's it? Right. But becoming aware of what you actually believe. Yeah, so important. What you're aware of, you can change. So if you can see the river, you're no longer in it. So now it's now it's very important that you take the time to look at your beliefs so you're no longer looking through them. There's a simple strategy you can do to do this. First and foremost, before we get into it, you have to accept the belief or accept the idea that consider this may be true. You are not bound by your unconscious mind. I want you to fully believe that your point of power is now and intrinsic information can be made extrinsic very quickly and very easily because a belief that stops this from happening for a lot of people is they believe that we're bound by our unconscious mind because there's a lot of science out there that says it's our unconscious that controls everything. And they're even talking talking about a 98% like, you're not even using 98 all of that shit's absolute garbage. yeah so we'll 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 let that go and we'll drop into the belief we're gonna all do this together that yes. you are beyond your mind let's say it like that you Absolutely. exist beyond your mind like look at this cup i can look at one end of the cup or i can turn it around and look at all of it right in the same exact way, you can do the same thing with your mind. But a belief has to initiate it. You have to believe it's even possible. Yeah. So, but one of the beliefs is that you're getting that you're dropping today is the unconscious is stronger than the conscious. The second one, and this, and I'm just saying this one because a lot of people do come from this upbringing of believing that we're intrinsically um, tainted, like we're born sinful mm. or we're born broken. That belief itself, when people do believe that the inner self is something to fear, they won't go into themselves because they're legitimately scared to do it. Guys, and I want to just pause for a moment, you know, just to set up some context. We're literally shopping for ideas and beliefs every day, whether we realize it or not. Now, this exercise, it's an opportunity for you to go into the Whole Foods and pick up the most expensive, nicest belief that you can put in your shopping cart. And you can do that absolutely for free. It's just a choice whether you want to go and pick up that nice, expensive belief with the high, expensive price tag, or do you want to go to the crappy grocery store, um, you know, at the gas station, not saying that's like necessarily bad, but <laughs> what I'm saying is it's up to you to decide what kind of beliefs you want to put in your shopping cart. And Adrian is giving us the nicest beliefs that we can put in. So that's yes. the opportunity. There you go. I love it. Yes, this is an absolute opportunity. I love that you're framing it as an opportunity because the fact that you do have the opportunity to do this is wonderful, right? So take that and like take this opportunity and run with it the same way you take opportunities in business and run with them, right? And trust me when I say this, the best thing you can do for your business when your business is coming from you at the end of the day, Mm, it's if you seeing you in action. So with the belief that you can become aware of unconscious data and that your point of power is now, everything else becomes a lot easier. But first, state a declaration. 
So the, one of the first ways I like people to become aware of beliefs is to state a declaration like you're so certain it's going to happen. Like for me, we're launching Zamio. I will enroll 2,000 students by December 31st, 2023, right? Because when you state declarations, your shit comes up. Every time. Mm, I love that. a declaration, your shit will come up. So state something. And what you want to do is you want to pay attention to what immediately came up. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, that's too hard. Oh, there's not enough time. Those are beliefs. Like, yeah, take those out of your shopping cart and put some better ones in. Number one, they're not unconscious. They flew right in your face, right? Because all of your thoughts are conscious. You're just not examining them. They're there. Yeah. You think them all day long. They're just unexamined. There's a difference between unconscious and unexamined. You just got to examine what's there. So that's that, right? State a dec- that's one of my first ways of becoming aware of beliefs is stating a declaration and watching what immediately comes up and taking the time to note it down and just note it down without any judgment. Just like, oh, OK, that was in my shopping cart. Cool. Now I can actually freaking see it. Yeah. That's the first way. The second way is just answering three questions, getting a piece of paper and saying what I believe to be true about life is. Start going. Mm. What I believe to be true about myself is. What I believe to be true about others is. And then see what comes up. Those three things, just brain spilling, will Mm. get you very, very, very aware of what you believe to be true. And like it's this stuff is so simple that when people do it, they're like, oh, my God, I believe that I can't do shit. I'm like, well, duh. I'm like, now you see. And they're like, I've been thinking I have this unconscious block. I'm like, it's not unconscious if you're conscious of the block. Right. And so many, by the way, you don't have unconscious blocks. If you're aware of an unconscious block, congratulations, you're conscious of a conscious block. You just made Um, it conscious. The only the only unconscious block is a belief in an unconscious block. It's straight up. Um, Or the only Mm. block is a belief in a block. Um, Okay, so that's the second way you can do it. I'm going to give you four different ways. The third way you can become aware of a belief. So we have those two ways. The third way you can become aware of your beliefs is you can actually follow your feelings and your thoughts. Simple, I know. But not just your feelings and your thoughts, but your behaviors too. Following your feelings, your thoughts, and your behaviors. Mm -hmm. Your feelings, they're closer to your beliefs than your thoughts are. If you follow your feelings, like one morning I woke up feeling really anxious. Okay. What you want to do is vocalize your feelings. Uh, I I was like, I feel anxious. Uh, I feel anxious because, because I'm not getting anything done this week. I feel anxious. I'm not getting anything done this week. And I feel like, God, I feel like I'm a fucking failure. Huh. This was a real conversation for me. I was like, I feel like I'm a, like I'm a failure. Huh. I feel like I'm a failure. Well, shit, I believe I'm a failure. Because uh, the only reason I will feel like a failure is because if I believe I'm one, because mm. your feelings follow your beliefs. So just say what you feel like. If yeah. you just vocalize what you're feeling, your beliefs, again, are right there. They're not that far. They're right there. That's another way you can do just by vocalizing your feelings and watching your behavior. So if you say I'm a great money manager, but you're living check to check, apparently you believe that you suck with money. Apparently you believe that you're broke because of the way that you're acting. Like if you like I've like I've had people say, man, I'm such a hardcore action taker. I do this. I do this. I do this. I do this. But all they're doing is busy work and they're not doing productive work. They're not doing the things that can move the needle. They're just doing things to say they're doing things. And then I'm like, you believe you're not worthy, huh? Huh? What? Uh, I, and then sure enough, they believe it, right? And so just by watching your behaviors, you become aware of them. But here's my final way. It's my funnest way to do it. And what you do here is you write out what you see to be true about your life. So what you do is you say what, so let's say, let's say, let's, let's be very niche. Let's sure. say you're having issues with your relationships or money. What I see, so get a piece of paper and write out what I see to be true about money or what I see to be true about category, relationships, mm. health, whatever that is. Then get a piece of pen and just start writing out what I see. And you have to, you have to write it out like this. What I see is blank. What I yep. see is I live check to check. What I see is I always cheat. What I see is I attract the same kind of person. Just keep writing that out. What I see is blank. What I see is blank. And then... 
go back up to the top of the list and cross out the word see and put believe. Hmm. Do that for every single one. Now it says what I believe. I believe I keep attracting unworthy partners. I believe now you're now you have your belief in front of your face right there. Yeah, because what you see is what you believe. So if you just get if you start with what you see, you'll work your way back to your belief very quickly. Yep. I want to say that the reason this works so well is because when we're operating from beliefs that are unconscious or we don't really want to look at them, then it's like, you know, you're just putting information in your computer and it's busting the same outcome out every single time. And what Adrian's really pointing us to is that it's probably worth it to look at what's that code on your computer Look at the like, software. What is the software? You know, and examine that. And like, maybe you can upgrade it. You know, just try it. So I encourage everybody to try this. And then speaking of software, I think, you know, this is perfect time to talk about Zamio. Um, you know, Adrian, yeah. tell us what Zamio is all about. Totally. I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so, so real quick, I want to give your audience a way to change their beliefs. So what I'm going to do and I'm going to give them a video. Now, I have, I did make a free link. Yeah, I made a free link for podcasts because I charge for this. But I have a gift for your audience. Um, I'll, give, I'll give you the link, but it's rewiremythoughts.com slash unshakable. But what that'll do is that'll take you to a neuro remapping process where I literally guide you through, take you to a core moment in your life and help you rewrite some shit that's going on. So if you actually want to experience that for yourself, then check that out because I want to make sure that that's something they can get. Now, what happened after helping hypnotize? One, thing, one of the things I learned after hypnotizing hundreds of people was that all of their problems stem from childhood because every person that I worked with went back to the age group of five to 12. Now, in a lot of cases, they did go some even as early as the womb. Right. Wow. Like some will go back to one years old, people going back to the moments of birth. Um, mm -hmm. So like we've had those kind of experiences, but more than 90 percent of the time, somebody's going to go back to the age group of five to 12. I can I can predict it every single session. So one day. One day, I remember I just got done finishing a very heavy emotional. There's times where my eyes will get literally watery while I'm doing a session because yeah. of what they're sharing with me. And so, like, I had to, like, shake my energy off because I was, like, feeling a little, like, emotional from it. And then to stack it on top, my business partner, she sent me a text message. It's, like, all divine timing because I'm sitting here emotional as shit. <laughs> what just happened? And then my business partner texts me. She sends me a Facebook post of a long letter written by a mother who just lost her boy to suicide, who hung himself at eight years old. Oh my from, God. From being bullied. I know. And at, it's like, I'm sitting here and I just had this session where this little girl at four years old fought for her life and believed for her whole life that she was disgusted. Her whole life, she believed it. And until we had our session. And I was like, if this little girl just would have knew what she knew, if this little girl would have knew how her mind and emotions actually worked, and if she would have understood how we, like how reality works, yeah, she would have been able to bounce back from that moment, regardless of what happened. I'm not going to take away what happened. Hmm. She would have had the ability, the emotional capacity to come back to herself. Hmm. What I mean by come back to yourself, I mean, come back to the fact that you're always loved, whole, worthy, accepted, whole exactly as you are. There's nothing hmm. needed. That's what I mean by come back to yourself. But she didn't come back. She needed me to come back to her. So hmm. I was like, if she would have been able to bend and come back, she would have never had to hire somebody like me. And then I'm sitting here with this, you know, I'm going to say it for what it is, but with this dead kid on my phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, this kid killed himself because I'm not sure what happened in his life, mm. but something in his mind convinced him that he was not worthy of breathing anymore. Mm. In other words, there was an idea in his mind mm. that he was not worthy. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, if children just had the wherewithal to bounce back from these moments, what would they need? 
They need emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is the ability to intelligent, intelligently understand and process every thought and every emotion so it does not get stuck to you. Mm. It's the ability to let energy come in and move out efficiently and effectively. In other words, what every single one of us needed when we were growing up yeah. desperately, yeah. right? And so I'm like, okay, there has to be somebody out there building emotional intelligent children. So I started Googling, started looking into it. And I just see a bunch of like small companies or not a bunch, but I really only came across seven. Um, they had their public information out. You can look at what revenues are doing. You can tell they're all small companies, mm-hmm. not growing. And a majority of them and the majority of resources are just videos and like blogs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But there was nothing doing it. Right. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was like, well, as an entrepreneur, I see so much opportunity, but as a human being, I see an opportunity to literally change the future forever. Because if you think about all of our social problems, right? Like not getting enough food, um, mm. wars, drugs, um, all of these things. Violence, all come yeah. down because mm-hmm. of the way we were brought up. If you yeah. can change the upbringing of a generation, you will start to see the world's biggest social problems and the generations that created them start to fall. And so like, it just became very obvious that the biggest opportunity, the biggest needle mover for mankind was to give children the, the skills to be resilient, confident. In other words, to know in their minds and in their bodies for the rest of their life that they're whole worthy, loved and accepted. And so in other words, and like create a system to where we can literally teach children, put them in and they walk out completely intelligent with themselves, knowing themselves, understanding themselves. And so I was like, well, we have to find a way, number one, to make this accessible. So it has to be like cheap because like people do have to be able to actually get it. But number two, how the heck do you make children want to do this? How do you make children want to go through stuff? Well, thankfully, the video game nerds already figured that stuff out. The video (laughs) game people. They only figured out how to get a child to stick to a screen for freaking a, a, a week. A whole day, on yeah. Without even, can, like, literally, yeah. without even eating or washing their ass, they can sit on that screen. Yeah. And so they figured it out. So I started studying video game psychology and the technology behind it. And I thought, what if we just got all the technology children love, gaming, and the psychology behind it, and not build a video game, but use that psychology and merge it with the mental health education they need to be resilient and emotionally intelligent. What would happen then if we did that? We can make children want to stick to the stick to learning how to become emotionally intelligent. And that's what Zamio uh, was created was created basically off of the idea of putting ourselves out of business by giving children the tools and the skills to never have to grow up hiring somebody like us in the yeah. future. And by equipping them with the tools to be able to build thriving emotional lives, but do it in a way that number one feels fun as hell to do. Mm. But also number two, um, you know, something that's actually something that is uh, normalized and removed where we remove all stigma. Yeah. You know, what I'm thinking of is Pokemon cards. I don't know how old you are, Adrian, but when I was younger, everybody was playing with Pokemon cards in our, in our recess in, you know, and it's just like, if we can make, you know, mental intelligence, you know, as cool as Pokemon cards, like, you know, we're going to transform so much of, of the problems that we're facing as a society just by making emotional intelligence cool you know exactly i mean like make it something desirable something that's wanted because that would change i can't even tell you the amount of stuff that this will change that this the amount of problems that this will solve is tremendous so we set out to eliminate child suicide over the next 50 years with this uh, but that's not like our our reason for being Right. Our reason for being at the end of the day is to create a future of solution oriented children who who approach every challenge, personal or social, as an opportunity to move mankind forward. Because if we can create a generation of that. 
I, I mean, like, I can, like, the fact that, like, you know, yeah. right now. I mean, we, it's going to be amazing. So tell yeah. us, Adrian, more about the app. Like, how does it work? So you've gamified, yeah. you've made it fun for, for kids to learn emotional intelligence so that they can really come back to themselves so they don't need someone like you in the in the future. Yeah. How does it work? Like, how does yeah. that? Yeah, tell us about that. Super simple. So we want to make this as simple as possible. So there's only two main features right now, but we're launching against it. We're launching in, oh my God, 20 days from now. Cool. And um, uh, we're launching in 20. And then depending on that, you know, we may reiterate. But from, from now, this is how it works. So if your child is 7 to 12 years old, the parent creates their account. Okay. Um, if they're... 13 or older they can create their own account and we go up to 18 years old but you create an account and then what it does is it customizes a learning experience based off of where your gaps are so wow. you're going to be answered you like you're going to let the you're going to let the um you're going to let the platform know where you're where you feel like your children need help in emotionally where you feel like their weak points are or, or the children themselves are going to be answering where they feel like their weak points are and then what that does is that auto populates a entire course design for that child for wow. what they are struggling with but this course is not a course we're actually mm -hmm. we're actually positioning it as a game wow. because what they do is is they learn and the learning lessons have little um, assignments with them and when they complete the assignments they get points for completing the assignments these points. Um, this is a future um, optimization, but we're working on it right now, but it's not going to be the first launch. But basically, these points are a part of the first launch. But mm -hmm. what we want to do is allow them to use these points to buy skins for their avatars. Okay. So the cool. avatar is basically going to be going on a journey of becoming emotionally intelligent. Oh, that's so cool. So, yeah. And so, yeah. They, they, so, so they get skins, they get badges. Like, I'm a heart warrior now. I learned wow. how to do heart breathing. I learned how to, how to fill my heart. And then they go on to the next badge. And so it's like levels. And so they're going through these levels they're, 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 we even have a leaderboard that way it's motivating for other kids. Right. But if this is an opt in leaderboard, not every yeah. kid's going to want to opt into the right, leaderboard, right. but, um, uh, it's going to have a leaderboard involved with it. And because we know, oh, and you know, not only that, but there's going to be like, um, like an artificial intelligence tutor. So if we're noticing that the children are not going through the content or we're noticing they're not getting something because they're not moving past the video, mm -hmm. there's going to be a, um, a generated service that literally jumps in, sends them a message. And it's like, Hey, we noticed something's going on. Do you want to hop on a office hours call yeah. and like talk about it? And so basically office hours is basically where all the children come together. Wow. So this is because we know social, this is the second future. We know social, um, being social is extremely important to mental health. So what we did is we created a, pl a platform for children to be social. And so what this is like, if your children gonna, or your children are going to let the platform know what their, what their favorite interests are, like what kind of mm -hmm. things they like to do, what they feel like their strengths are. And then what it's going to do is it's going to, there's going to be an algorithm that matches them with other kids who have the similar interests so they can immediately connect with each other. But they have complementary skill sets mm. so they can help each other solve problems and not just that. But when you have a, a unique skill set in your group, it all of a sudden adds that it all of a sudden instills a sense of value in you because you're like, oh, y'all guys don't know how to do this. But I do all of a sudden you see yourself as a valuable human being. Yeah. All of these things are very purposely thought out because of the psychology, the psychological and emotional and spiritual needs they meet. And when you have these met needs, you don't act out to meet them in other ways. So that's how Zamio works. Um, as of now, it's literally only $37 a month. We're working to go cheaper because yeah. we want to. Yeah. Um, but that is how it works, man. We launch, we launch on um, September 26th. We already filled up our beta. You can go learn about beta, but the spots are taken up. But you can at least join our list and like just be on the lookout for our next um, launch. But just go to Zamio.co. And that'll take you all to that'll like literally break down everything. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, that's yeah. that's all about Zamio, man. And I put it this way: I am like sleeping like five hours a night, but I can't fucking sleep a full night because I'm genuinely solid up about this thing, and it is the most driving thing I've ever been moved towards in my entire life. I've never worked with kids, but. I mean, I don't even have kids, but funny enough, hypnotizing people created this crazy passion for wanting to help children 
because I've seen the accumulated consequences on the other mm. end. Yeah. So now I'm just like, let me just go work at the with the children. So we don't even have anything to accumulate at the end of the day. You know, it makes so much sense. I see all these apps, but they're mostly targeted to adults. And, you know, what you're doing is a genius move. And I wish you all all the blessings and all the, you know, well wishes as you Appreciate create this it, app. This is amazing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of already a lot of roadblocks opening this thing up. But it's like it's worth every bit. Every single roadblock is worth it. And um, it's just something I know that's needed. And like you said, you know, there's a lot of needs not being met for children. And so this is basically a a better help for kids, only better. Right. And it's what I like to say. It's a better help for kids, only better. It is like a mighty network for children's mental health. And um, in a way that's actually individualized, fun, and in creates a social movement. So it's not just, you know, learning how to be emotionally intelligent, but making friends along the way that build you up um, for the rest yeah. of your life. I think right? that's a huge component of it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to chatting. Maybe we can have this discussion again in six months or a year and see where Zamio's at. That'll be yeah. so amazing. I'm declaring, I'm declaring 12 months from launch, 2000 um, users. And that's being, you know, being, um, that's not overshooting it, you know? So I'm declaring that and uh, I'm excited for uh, what's to come. Yeah, I've got 150 beta users. So now it's just a matter of blowing their minds and doing everything that we need to do to make it happen, man. Awesome. Adrian, it's been wonderful having you and thank you for all the listeners. Uh, you know, we really appreciate you and, um, you know, I just want to say thanks to everyone. Um, you guys, if you are interested in our purpose incubator, you can always check that out on our website. It's www.sotapana.com. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Adrian, it's been wonderful having you and Dude, thanks I a lot for having me. Bro. All the best. Take care. All everyone. Love, man. Bye. Thank you.